Well, hello, and welcome to this episode of Faithfully Unafraid. I'm your host, Jana, and I'm, I always say I'm so excited for this episode, but I am. Uh, today, we have a special guest. My friend Olivia is here. I follow her on Instagram, that wildflower mama, and I just love her Instagram. I love, she talks about how she used to be a feminist, and maybe she's not anymore, and she's just real and raw and vulnerable, and I, those are just the things that I love. Like, I hate small talk. I want to know what makes you tick, and she just brings the heat and shares all those things. So if you don't already follow her, follow along, but I'm super excited to have you here today, Olivia, and to hear your story. I am very excited to be here. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And small talk is definitely not my thing ever. I've, I've actually, I actually have a reputation for making people maybe somewhat uncomfortable because I do not do small talk. I want to get into the real and raw. I'm like, what's your deepest, darkest trauma? (laughs) Yeah. Maybe it's the therapy that did that to me. I don't know, but like, yeah, I'm the same. I can't, it just feels so forced to me and I'm not good at it. And so I'm like, can we just talk about the real stuff? So that's why I love and appreciate that about you so much and just being real. Cause I know the word authenticity just gets like very watered down in the online space, but I think that you do a very good job of that and I just love it. So I'm excited to hear what you have to say today. I appreciate that. Well, so yeah, I, (laughs) I am a former feminist. Um, I got married. Um, I have two beautiful children. Um, but when I first got married, I was very much a feminist. <laughs> um, I had been a single mother previously to um, being married to my now husband. Um, we had had a child together when we were teenagers. So I um, ended up sort of having this this worldview that I had to do everything my on my own. Um, I very much had to wear the pants. I had to be the masculine and feminine <laughs> portion of, um, I had to be the mother and the father to my child because it just wasn't um, in the cards for my husband and I back then to have a normal um, parenting relationship because of just circumstances like that. Um, but yeah, so I had already assumed this sort of <laughs> masculine energy. Um, I was very much like not a go-getter, but I was very, um, very abrasive, very in people's faces. I was always angry, always angry. And that's something that, um, currently that I'm working through in therapy of why have I always been so angry? Um, and that has come up quite a bit, um, just over like, the past couple years, I just have, I've always had this, um, this deep seated feeling of just resentment and anger towards, um, especially men. Um, and I'm, I, I've never been sure where that comes from. I know that there's certain things in my childhood that happened with, <laughs> that, with guys that I was involved with. Um, and it gave me this sort of worldview that, you know, men should not be running the world. Like the whole, you know, that Beyonce song, like who runs, who runs the world, the girl song. Right. Um, that was my anthem. Like <laughs> girls are supposed to run the world because we are the moral compasses. We are the, you know, we are the better half of them. Um, and there was just this general distrust of men again, because of experiences and just having to rely on my, my masculinity to just survive because, <laughs> um, my husband and I talk, talk a lot about how like men, um, you know, they teach their children how to survive. Um, and women give men like the purpose to survive. Um, <laughs> very oh, much like, 
Yeah. So like the women, you know, men have this innate desire to um, pursue conquest, to protect um, the good, the true and the beautiful things in life. Um, it's just this. And we see it with our two young sons. Like they have this primal urge to to do things, to protect beautiful things, to, you know, you know, they just have this very innocent will to conquer the world. And it's, it's really beautiful to see that. And for me to, me and my husband to nurture that in our sons. Um, but so often nowadays, like that is, that is squashed out of little boys and it's, it's really sad. I don't know if you've seen the same thing. Oh, well, yeah, that's everywhere we turn. All you're hearing is just like what you just said, girls run the world and, um, let's, rewrite history but they change it to say her story or whatever and then um the toxic masculinity stuff is just shoved in our faces at every turn and I do I mean part of me I understand there are a lot of mamas um who can totally relate to what you were talking about where you know you're not in a home or a situation where the dad is present or maybe for whatever circumstances like you do have to be the mom and the dad so I understand out of necessity um, I mean, I, even in my own childhood, there were so many times that my mom had to be, you know, play both roles. And it's not fair to anybody, to the children, to the parents, to anybody. Um, no. But that kind of stuff absolutely does mold your worldview for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So I, I definitely I'm very careful about how I speak to other women about this, because not every woman is in the situation that I'm in or you're in, because <laughs> there's a lot of just awful situations out there. And I totally understand why women nowadays do feel like they need to wear the pants because if the pants aren't being worn by the man, who's going to, who's going to pick them up and wear them. And, you know, we aren't, we we're living in a generation that raised very weak men. (laughs) Unfortunately, they, they just, they were not taught how to be men other because either their father wasn't present or he wasn't a good model of a man. That's, that's why it's so important to have a good man in your, in your home. If, especially if you have children, especially young boys. Um, when I married my husband, I wasn't just choosing a husband. I was choosing um, the man who was going to teach my sons how to be a man and how to be a good man, a good, strong, holy, and just <laughs> solid man in a society that is, really trying hard to tear apart families. It, it, like we see that more and more nowadays that they're just trying to tear apart the family unit, the, the, if you want to call it this, the traditional family, family unit, you know, the way that it's <laughs> traditionally been done for a very long time. Um, and something that I'm running into, especially in the Christian influencer world, um, just being on social media, <laughs> like not everybody is, um, on the same page, even if we all consider ourselves Christian, like we are not all on the same page. We are not from the same backgrounds. We don't have all the same ideas. Um, and what I'm coming across like recently is that, um, I don't know. I don't know if like you catch my drift, but there's a certain argument going around right now, a very buzzworthy argument about, um, women not being called birthing persons and how men cannot be women, this sort of thing. And that's a, and that's an amazing hill to stand on. But if we're going to claim that, we also have to look at what's behind that. What, what built that molehill into a mountain? of a, of an issue that we have nowadays. It's the slow denigration over time of these gender roles. It's the slow denigration of what it means to be a man, what it means to be a woman, what it means to be a husband and a wife and to run a family in an efficient and, (laughs) and 
good environment for children to really blossom in. Um, so anyway, huge tangent there that we could yeah. probably have an entire episode about. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm but, totally here for that tangent because because I think you're right. A lot of women. Yeah, even in the Christian space, like you start talking about things like gender roles and what uh, biblical submission looks like and what um, even homemaking looks like. And it's almost like people, women are offended by you even like talking about these things. And I do, again, I understand part of that for a long time. And in a lot of instances, those things have been abused and not done the right way. And it has left a bad taste in people's mouths. Um and so I understand the tension there. Um, but at the same time, yeah, we can't say um, that men can't, that, you know, we're accepting chest beating and that men can't be women and all that kind of stuff if we're going to deny at home the difference in our roles. I completely, completely agree with you there. All the fire emojis. Yes. yes. Yeah. And they're, they want to claim basic biology. Well, if we're going to look at basic biology, men were not made to be women and women were not made to be men. And we're seeing this now where when you, when you try to reverse this role and you try to force women into these masculine roles, which of course women can pursue careers if they want to, like women are supposed to pursue their dreams. They're not supposed to, you know, you don't have to just be quote unquote stuck at home. Like I have right. two other businesses that I'm running on the side here. Like I, and I'm doing it all from home because that's how I choose to do it. Right. But my, you know, I have, I, I should not have to bear the financial burden of the family. And my husband, he works two full-time jobs to make sure that I don't have to do that. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, like I, this this man is absolutely insane. I could go on and on about him every every other sentence that I speak. It's just he's just absolutely wonderful. But um, we see this in basic biology that women were just not created to handle the stress load that men handle. And you know we can try to deny that all we want, but all we're gonna do is burn ourselves out as women. And that's what I experienced, especially within the past two years. Um, we had a um, second trimester miscarriage and that just completely threw off our entire <laughs> our entire balance. I like to say that that's where like the snowball got pushed down the hill to start really rolling when we started really looking at our roles, our gender roles, our roles within our marriage, our home is when this happened. And you know, my husband did have to step into that more protector role um, because I just wasn't able to anymore. I I was, you know, I if, if for anybody who's experienced miscarriage or any sort of loss, child loss, any sort of grief like that, it really does just completely burn you out. It com- it's a complete energy. It's a complete energy vampire. It's just it's very difficult to deal with. Um, and I was already dealing with burnout from my, from my small business. I was, I was just not in a good state. My husband really did step up to the plate and realize like, I have to fulfill this role. I have to wear the pants because she is not thriving. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think, I think as women, like we, there's, there's always some sort of trend going around about how men have supposedly one brain cell or they don't, you know, they don't think in the same way that we do. But, you know, on the other, co- other side of the coin of that is that they don't think in the same way that they, we do. And sometimes they see things that we don't see. And that's the beauty of having a marriage, a good and fulfilling marriage is that, you know, you have the full picture because you have the woman's point of view, but you also have the man's point of view. Um, and nowadays, I think that's just so, 
I could get on a serious high horse about this, but I feel like men are just so undervalued nowadays and their, their wisdom, their just, their innate desire to protect and just, it's wonderful. Um, yeah, I think that there is beauty in the, in the way that we were obviously, very obviously wired differently. I mean, not even like physical attributes and stuff like that, but you're right. Like men are, it's just, it's just in them to protect, you know, and I think for women, a lot of times I feel like women are kind of on the lookout and men are the protectors. I don't, I don't yes. know, like, uh, but I, I just feel like women have such a harder time accepting all of this than men do like men in just in my own personal marriage and like some issues that we have made been through and survived and all that kind of stuff. Um, it has taken me, I'm very slow at learning lessons sometimes like, Oh, same here. <laughs> like, I'm one of the most stubborn people I know. Um, it's not one of my strong suits, but I'm really good at it. So um, it takes me a long time to learn something. And I, so for us, like for a long time, I was always like, you know, I want my husband to be a better leader and I want him to do this and I want him to do that. And there were some things that happened and the Lord really humbled me. And I, it wasn't until I realized that I was in the wrong because I was thinking that it was my job to tell him how to do his job. Um, and it wasn't, mm -hmm. it was my job to love him and to be his wife and to do my job. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, and the minute all that switched, it was a hard lesson for me to learn, but the minute all of that switched, it was like, he became that person that I wanted. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like it was there all along. I just had to get out of the way. Um, so I yes. think a lot of times us women really hurt ourselves because we won't just get out of the way and let the man be a man. Um, it's just my two cents on it. But I also wanted to say I am so sorry for your loss. I know we've talked about this outside of this podcast episode before, but truly I am. I know it just levels you when that happens. And it does. It I feel like it can either like make or break your relationship um, because it changes you both individually. It changes your marriage. It changes everything. Um and so it is super interesting to see how things fall back into place after that to to move forward. Yeah, and it could have it could have gone very differently. Let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> if I had not been if I had not been in the place where I was willing to make a change and to take off the pants so that he could wear them in our relationship, um, it it could have gone very very differently. Um, <laughs> just not to get into it, but there was there were quite a few glaring issues that we had because we we've been together for nearly ten years. We've been together since we were sixteen years old. Like we were best friends when we first got together. It was it was a very much a best friend sort of relationship that had like the benefits of a romantic involvement basically. Um, and we knew maybe a couple months in, like, this is the person that I want to marry. And I know that that doesn't happen very often nowadays, but it did for us. Um, and it, you know, we just got swept up into this, you know, almost like puppy love where we're just completely like just into each other. You know what I'm talking about? It's that very much like that honeymoon phase of like, they can do no wrong. They can, you know, sort of things. And it leaves out <laughs> the very necessary discussions that need to be to be had before you get married and like where do you see yourself sort of falling into our household what do you see our role as in our relationship do you want me to make the money do you want to have a career like we didn't really go over that a whole lot yeah. <laughs> um and 
you know, so we, when we went into our marriage, we had already had a child. Um, I was freshly pregnant with our second, like I, he only, he and I knew about the pregnancy at the time. It was, I found out the week before we got, we had our wedding. Um, and we had a two-year-old together already. And we were just in this state of like, just, oh yes, we're finally together. We're finally like a family. We're finally a family unit. We can be, and it very quickly turned into, oh, you have a very different view of what <laughs> my role is. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so we did, we did really butt heads for a good couple years where he, you know, he tried to step into this masculine role. He tried to step into this more leadership role. And I just wasn't having it because either for my fear of rejection or fear of abandonment has a lot to do with mm. like the way women view men if you've been like previously hurt by a man or multiple men even like it can be so so difficult to trust a man even the man that you trust with your life it is so difficult to trust them to actually fulfill that role in your life it, it's it's incredibly difficult to take off the pants and let them wear it to fulfill that role in your life um so Props to any women who are currently or have been through that or thinking about going through that because it is hard. <laughs> it is not as simple as just like, oh, okay, you know, here, here you go. Um, but anyway, so my, my husband and I, we struggled for a good, a good couple of years and only in the past year has it been really good. And my husband said something to me, um, two nights ago, I believe it was. He's just like, it's just been really good lately. And I'm like, it really has. And it's not this like we didn't quote unquote get our spark back. It's not like we did like anything super different, but it's, it's just, we found this peace in our, our roles and we, we jive so well together now because we're embracing, he's embracing his masculinity and I'm embracing my femininity. And like, it's just been really good. And I don't know how else to describe it, but I am so much more attracted to my husband now like just physically, emotionally, spiritually attracted to him more now because he took that role. And I can't tell you when that switch happened. It just suddenly my husband was a different man and I was <laughs> very much, we you know, <laughs> or not again, but in love with him all over. I do think I love the way you're describing it because it really is a beautiful surrender and it is very hard very hard very hard um and i i can relate to that um in so many ways but it's just i don't even know another way to describe it except for beautiful surrender because it really is like you just fall into your those roles that you're supposed to have and it you fit together more like a puzzle piece it's almost like it makes sense you're like oh this is why we were wired that way like it does this is why we're different because it does make you just fall in love with them at, in a different way. I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like when you're trying to describe how, what it feels like when you look at your kid and how much you love them, like there are no words. Right. And so mm -hmm. I think, I think too, when you've been through, um, in a marriage, when you've been through loss or hurt or pain or trauma or whatever, if you've been through that together, I mean, obviously it does change you. And like we said, it can make or break you. I just think that when you're back together, um, or, on the other side of that, it, it's just beautiful. I don't know. Like you just fit together. You understand one another better. I think one of the things that you were saying about um, expectations. So that has been a big issue for us too, because in my head, I have all these expectations of myself and I have more expectations on myself than my husband does. Um, and so I just assume that he feels the way my head 
tells me he feels. And it's oh, talking yes. to him about it. I mean, we've been married 12 years and this is still, it's way better than it used to be. <laughs> but, um, it, it's just still something that I struggle with, you know, and I just think that that's so important. The communication piece, like we didn't have those conversations before we got married either, really. I mean, and we were 20, 24 and 25, I think when we got married. Um, yeah, I don't know why we didn't have those conversations, but we should have, but also, sometimes your answers change, too. Like, I think once you experience a little more life together and stuff like that, like your perspective, my perspective on a lot of things has changed, um, especially over the past, like, three or four years. But I totally, I think it is so important to have those, not like, it doesn't have to be, like, super, super formal, like a meeting or whatever. But I just think that there <laughs> needs to be open communication where you both feel um welcome and free to share your expectations, concerns, thoughts, whatever, without fear of making the other one mad. Like we need to be unoffendable when we have those conversations. And that also can be hard. Um, would you agree? 100%. Oh, 100%. saying makes sense. <laughs> oh, it does. <laughs> I'm just, I'm sitting over here nodding my head. <laughs> and I've taken oh. so many notes from the things you've said. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it really does. There is no word to describe what it feels like. It's, it's just, it's peace. And that's, that's what I keep saying. I, that's what I've been saying in my social media lately is I'm in my era of peace. I've just found this deep connection with my femininity. And it's, it's something that I've never had a connection to. I've, I've never been so into my feminine energy. I've never been into myself as a woman. And I, you know, when, when women think like, oh my gosh, like if I surrender, if I, if I have this surrender and I give up this role, like, is he just going to, is he going to lord over me? Is he going to boss me around? Like, is he going to make me, is he going to diminish me? Is he going to, you know, chain me to the home? And no, <laughs> quite the opposite. If you have a good man, well, of course, not every man is created equal and men go through their own, their own own learning arcs through this entire process. But if you have a good man, it is going to invoke this, again, innate desire to protect and nourish the good, the true, and the beautiful. Like if you are just emulating your feminine energy and he sees that, it is going to motivate him further to embrace his masculinity. And when men fully embrace their masculinity and they they take it as their own and they use it for good, because we see so many men nowadays using their power and their masculinity for for evil. We we there's straight up evil in the world and I am not going to deny that. There are some evil evil men out there and they use their power against women. I've been on the on the you know short end of the stick with that one, okay? Like I have had firsthand experiences with evil men. Um and but when you find a man who is using his masculinity for good, it is the most powerful healing. You want to talk about like non-toxic items in your home or purifying like items in your home, a good masculine holy man is the most purifying item you can have in your home. It is it is just I have this peace and I have this ability to pursue anything that I want because of him. And my husband now has this deep understanding and respect for my feminine for my feminine because I've started embracing it more. And he, you know, he my husband is very much like 
he says it the way he means it. He does not mince words. He does not dance around the subject. Like he gets right to the meat and gravy of, <laughs> of what he's saying. Um, so sometimes, you know, he, he could be very abrasive when we first got married and like, you know, maybe it hurt my feelings when we first started saying things, but to him, it was just something logical that he was saying to me, but he is so much more in tune with my emotions and the way that I'm taking things. He is so much more careful with his words because I have become more feminine. And it, it just, yeah, it, it's this all around healing experience for not just myself and other women, it, but for men as well. For men to be experiencing a feminine woman, it's incredibly healing to a man as well, because men are under, <laughs> men are under attack nowadays. So they need, we, they need us. They need yeah. women. They need, I mean, they need our nurturing. And I feel like when you talk about these things, people automatically think that you're talking about sex, right? And it's like, it's not even just about that. Like men need emotional intimacy and connection too. Yes. Whether, whether or not they want to say it, <laughs> they do. And, um, no, I completely agree. Like once everybody is like in the place they're supposed to be and doing the things that they're supposed to be doing, it all just, it goes together like a well-oiled well machine. Um, and I totally lost track of the other thing I was going to say about that. <laughs> I think I was going to ask you a question whenever you're ready, but if you want to. Um, I'm ready. Go ahead. Okay. Fire away. So if someone, so I do have a lot of listeners that probably aren't, on social media as much as you and I. So they probably are like, what in the heck is she talking about when she says in my feminine energy? So like what like practical things that you do at your home or in your relationship or whatever, like if there's a woman who's like wanting to maybe be more, more feminine or kind of like let go of some of that anger and resentment and which my personal opinion is you need to go to therapy. I think everybody needs to go to therapy. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> some people are very, 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 um, begrudgingly against all of that um but so what are some practical things that have changed in your home since this whole thing has transpired for y'all so one of the things one of the major things especially for my own home um and this 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 kind of is open to interpretation because everybody's home situations are different um some people might not be stay-at-home mothers um and to that, like, I, I feel you and you kind of have to feel it out as you go along and you need to have a conversation with your husband about this stuff and the roles here. But especially for stay at home moms, like <laughs> fully embrace that homemaker role. Um, I stopped expecting my husband to do any household chores. I mean, my husband takes care of the outside because, you know, that's kind of, he says it's a man's job and he like, he should not, you know, he's, it's more of like the grunt work. It's more of the dirty work and he takes care of the outside, but I do not require my husband to do dishes. I do his laundry. I hang his underwear up on the clothesline outside, like fully embracing taking care of your husband in any way that you possibly can is going to be huge for any sort of femininity healing that you need to be doing here. Because when, when he sees you caring for him in that way, it is going to invoke this masculine response to care for you as well um, in the ways that you needed to be cared for as a woman. And <laughs> when we first got married, I'll tell you what, I saw my husband as my partner. I said, you know, this needs to be a 50, 50 split. You need to be doing dishes on the, like when you're not working because I work too and all the rest of it. And it just created this environment of resentment. It just, and it created this almost, um, 
not stigma. What's the what's the right word for it? It, it created this um, environment where I believed homemaking to be the lesser role almost. Um, I didn't have the respect for my home that I do now. And I didn't see it as a blessing. I didn't see it as a blessing that I get to take care of my home. I get to be the homemaker. Like (laughs) my husband talks about how he provides the means for me to take care of my home, but I have to actually make it like women. We, there's this common saying that we are the heart of the home. Like you better make sure that you're, you're beating strong here because (laughs) it's going to go down here pretty quickly. If you're not embracing that without bitterness and all the rest of it, because I feel like that's a huge thing is that women do feel overwhelmed by everything that needs to happen. Like they say that, you know, there was some sort of study that went out that if stay-at-home moms were paid for every role that they have, they would make substantially more money than pretty much any career because they're fulfilling roles of chef and caretaker. And, you know, they're, they're, they are, <laughs> they are all of these roles within their home. Um, and when I really started embracing those roles and just taking it on and, you know, embracing the suck sometimes because I hate doing dishes. Like, I don't know about you. I don't know if you have a certain chore that you absolutely despise. I hate dishes. I hate the way it makes my hands feel. I have big sensory issues. (laughs) So any sort of wet food touching my hands is just a no-go for me. But like, if you're going to be a strong woman, like, get through it. Because this is your home. Like you are the last, you are the last line of defense here. Like you are, you, this is your home. <laughs> this is your job. <laughs> De- mine is definitely putting away clean laundry for every person that follows me on Instagram knows that. <laughs> it's the thorn <laughs> in my side, putting away clean laundry. Um, no, I love that. Cause yeah, women are the heartbeat of the home and like in that we set the tone, right? Like we can make or break a good day. And I always think about it like this. So I recently came home. Um, I've been a, working outside the home as a nurse forever and um, came home at the end of May and it was a huge transition for me because yeah I wasn't prepared for I don't know I just thought it was going to be easier than what it was Mm -hmm. I was in complete denial so um, this summer was a lot of transition for us and a lot again we had to sit down and have these talks about what our expectations are and stuff like that Um, and I had I just really felt convicted like you know I love my husband and adore him this is going to be another podcast episode for sure that I think you and I could both like speak so much on but the um we got to stop man bashing like it drives me nuts when people talk about their husband as if he's one of their children or whatever oh. it drives me bananas I can't stand <laughs> it um but I think that when for a thousand reasons but it's so disrespectful right and I mean you would be so hurt if he was being that disrespectful to you so I just think that we need to carry that mindset in our homes too, and think of ways that we can be respectful, the way we talk to him, the things we do for him, the tone we set in our home. Like I want my husband to come home from work excited to come home, not just excited to see the kids, but I want him to like, like me, you know what I mean? Like we both, we're both needy people in our relationship and um, we need that connection and that nourishment and attention and all of those things. And in a day and age where our attention span is literally seven seconds long, I think, um, I saw something the other day that said, if like, if you're scrolling something online and you're not hooked by the first, like, four seconds, you're just not even going to be. Yeah, there, I heard it's closer to, like, three seconds now. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's not. It's not going up. That's but for all sure. Of that is, like, compiled, right? And as women, mm-hmm. like, I always laugh and say, I'm a spaghetti. I'm not a waffle. Because, like, my brain, <laughs> it it's just all together. And I get, 
I mean, I've been like convicted by things that you've said on here for sure. Um, but I get very easily overwhelmed. And then it's like my husband handles the brunt of that, you know, cause our kid, our kids are three and five and it, it's just a lot. It's a, it's a season, it is. you know, um, and I need to do a better job of like not, I get, I don't know the right word, but like not dumping all of that on my husband. Like, you know, I want him to come home and have that peace too. I don't always do a good job of that, but I think, I think that, I think that the most important thing is having a spirit, a spirit of service because it, it really does change your entire mindset towards your husband. It's, it, 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 I tell this story because it just, it was a huge, huge wake up call for me in my mindset um, towards my husband, because I very much had a mindset of like, oh, I have to make him dinner. I have to be home by a certain time, you know, to greet him at the door. I have to, you know, I have to do this, have to, have to, have to. And then my husband was hit by a car last year when he was working. Um, And I got that call and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to get to the the hospital and my husband's either going to be paralyzed. I don't know if he's going to be alive. Um, And thank God he walked, (laughs) he walked away from that. He like, it it could have been very, very, just very different, very different outcome. But it really did wake me up to the fact that, oh my gosh, I, that could have been the last time that I had to pick up his dirty underwear off the floor. And it, and it sounds, it sounds awful when you say it like that, but it, in those little moments where you're like, oh my gosh, he left the, t- he left the towel on the bed. Like that's a big pet peeve of mine is when people leave wet towels on the bed. Like <laughs> for some reasons it just gives me the ick, but I'm like, that could have been the last time that I ever had to pick up a wet towel and hang it up because he, he didn't hang it up. Like it just, when you change your mindset from, I have to do this, this obligation that I've been, you know, that has been forced on me and you change it to, I get to do this. Mm-hmm. I get to be married to this man that absolutely adores me and, you know, provides for me and my children and takes care of me emotionally and physically. And it just goes out of my way, goes out of his way to make my life better. And why, why am I not doing the same for him? Why am I not <laughs> getting up my darn, off my darn butt and making him a sandwich for, for his lunch tomorrow. You know, why, why am I not going out of my own way to make his life better as well? Why? And I think we, like as a society, we view men as these, just these, these figures that don't need to be taken care of emotionally and physically, like, because they're, they just men in general, don't like to project a whole lot of emotion. I don't know about your man, but my husband is just very, like, <laughs> very straight-faced man. He does not express a whole lot of emotion with people that, you know, he he doesn't know very well. Um, and so people can look at him and be like, oh, oh, he doesn't need to be taken care of. He can take care of himself. Men need to be taken care of, too. <laughs> yeah. They're just, they don't go out of their way to ask for it like women do. They don't express it in the same ways but they still need that. They still need us. They still need that nourishment. Like you and I talked about, like there, there, a lot of men are going through some serious healing as well, because you don't know like where they're, where he comes from and his family. You don't know what, you don't know. You just have no idea what a man goes through on a daily basis. And there's this constant, this is a whole other episode as well, but there's, there's a constant attack on men, especially because the devil knows that he can use men for his own bidding. Mm-hmm. Like he, he knows how to get them hook, line and sinker. And he is doing everything in his power to 
take strong men out of the picture because once you take a strong man out of the picture, it's all downhill from there. (laughs) You know, once you take, once you take the, take the, you know, the militia off the battlefront, you know, the entire town can be wiped out within a matter of hours. You know, it's like men are our first line of defense here. And if we're going to talk about spiritual warfare, like men, good, holy men are huge in that, in that world. Yeah. No, I agree. I think that they're, um, I feel like I said this is another podcast episode five times every episode, but for real, like, <laughs> I mean, we could spend a whole episode talking about the statistics of porn and what is that, what that is doing for oh, men and how yes. that's breaking apart families. I mean, it, and I think that it's so relevant. It's something we should write this down and we'll talk about it next time, but um, I have to look up a lot of statistics, but I think the thing about that is that people don't realize how prevalent that is and how many men are being targeted with that. Just like what you said, like whether it be that or just different things in culture or whatever, like, you know, we want to emasculate our men. Another thing I read the other day said that everybody shouts and screams about toxic masculinity, but look at the statistics of young boys and kids uh, being raised in homes, fatherless homes, and then school and having female teachers. So you're telling them that their masculinity is toxic and they don't even know what masculinity looks like because 85% of the um, adults, functional adults, at least in their life are women. And like, what a skewed representation that we're giving our young boys. Like, I absolutely think, um, I'm like jumping all around, but I'm thinking about all the things you just said when you were saying that men need that men are being attacked and that they're dealing with a lot. And yeah, my husband's the same. He's a man of few words. Like I always joke and say <laughs> that like I'm the crazy one in the relationship. He's like cool as a cucumber all the time. Like, yeah, you know, if you see him <laughs> mad or like whatever, like something is seriously wrong. Um, if you get my husband mad run because you push him just a little too far. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if he he's just quiet and I don't know, but he's the best man I've ever known. That's for sure. But um, absolutely. I totally lost my train of thought there. I should have wrote it down. I was, oh, I was going to say, especially when uh, these men become dads, because I think, I mean, for all of us, raising children brings out uh, skeletons in our own closets. Absolutely. <laughs> and regardless of whether you're somebody who's into the whole therapy thing or not, like it, it it's a mirror, right? And it reveals to you the un- unhealed parts of your own heart um, and your own childhood and stuff. And so a lot of us are just out here um, expecting our husbands to, carry everything that they're carrying that we're oblivious to plus all of our junk plus the kids and then we want to get mad if they don't wash the dishes or whatever you know like I don't know sure yeah and that's that's a whole other like conversation about how you know they they carry burdens that we don't see yet but they that's what they're meant to do. And of course, like a good man is going to embrace that role and bear his cross. As my husband said, like, like he, like they, they are more than willing to do that, but we, we need to support that. It's, 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 it's so much more than just like, Oh, I'm he's, he's expecting me to take care of everything. No, he he's asking you to be his help (laughs) me. Like that's literally all he's asking you to do is help me. Help me. Like, I want to provide for you. I want to make you feel safe. I want you, I want to give you the best life I possibly can. Just help me. (laughs) Just that's, that's all they're asking for. And they're, you know, you are no more 
his domestic slave, as people are calling it nowadays, which is absolutely disgusting. If you've ever met an actual domestic slave, you know, like being a wife and mother is not that um, you are no more his domestic slave than he is your wage slave. You know, you, we can say the same thing like, oh, you just want me to go out and make you money so that you can stay home with our kids. Like that's, you know, both sides of the coin. Either way you flip it, if he's going to call you, you know, a domestic slave and you call him the wage slave, it's just stop viewing each other in forms of usury. Like stop, stop thinking that everybody is out to get you, that everybody's out to use you. And that's a huge, huge thing because I do think women nowadays are, are just conditioned to think everybody's out to use them. Everybody's out to abuse them or to harm them. And that, that's a huge, <laughs> That's a huge hit to feminine energy. Like that is going <laughs> to, that does not make your feminine feel safe at all to think that everybody is out to use you or abuse you. It's just, and I've been there, like been in that mindset before and it, it wreaked havoc on my body. That's a whole other thing that I wanted to talk about was, you know, after our miscarriage, I had, I've, I've developed these fertility struggles that, which I, I had never had a whole lot of fertility struggles before this, but now I have PCOS and my, my, my type of PCOS, PCOS is a big umbrella for, um, like a hormonal imbalance. Mine in particular happens to be a testosterone imbalance. And I do not think that that is a coincidence at all, that my quote unquote male hormone is off the charts high <laughs> when I am the one that was wearing the pants during the relationship. And I got to tell you, over the past couple months, when I really started embracing this feminine role and I started allowing him to take this leadership role, my testosterone levels have gone down my cortisol has leveled all of these different things that, you know, they're like, Oh, you have to take all these different supplements and you'll never be able to ovulate naturally. It's happening now. And I don't think it's a coincidence. (laughs) Isn't it crazy how like, I don't think that's a coincidence either. I don't believe in coincidence, but the, um, it is wild how, um, how God wired us. And that's what I have feel like I've said this three different times just in this episode in different ways. But like, I think that it's just such a beautiful thing when we fall into the roles that we were created for. Um, and I think that it's sad that you have to be careful and like explain yourself when you say that, because people are just, especially women get so offended about it. Um, and just get so like, they act like you're saying, you know, go be your husband's sex slave and stay barefoot and pregnant. And, you know, rub his feet just, and yeah just food be a baby times. factory yeah, yeah that's the like, other that's the other word just, that they're using I, people just take it way too far like that's <laughs> that's not what a, a healthy relationship is like that's not i mean as christians we're the bride of christ and that's what not that's not what our relationship is with christ so why would he expect our relationship with our spouse to be that way like it's just people just have a very wrong view of what all of this should look like and you're right i know um, I mean, I can think of people off the top of my head that I feel like are there for whatever reason are in that whole, like women specifically, um, who are quote unquote happily married, but they're in that like angry season of like, I have to run everything and make all the decisions and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's just not healthy. It's not healthy for you. It's not healthy for your husband. It's not healthy for your children. Like, yeah, okay. it's there's yeah. I don't know what their reason is, but I just feel like there's so many of us that um, in our generation, which I think I'm, I feel like I'm a good bit older than you, but I feel like there's so many of us in our generation that have it wrong for whatever reason, whether it was like, because, you know, we are grown adult women with dad issues that we never 
got help for. Like, mm-hmm. I'll say it again. Go to therapy. It will change your life. <laughs> I, oh, yeah. I, therapy I, I just recently started going. Episode. Yeah. Like, I I started going to therapy a year after we got married Um, because of that. Because I was like, I know that I've got, like, some issues from my childhood. And I want to work those things out before I ever become a mama because I don't want to screw my kids up. I mean, we'll all like screw our kids up a little bit. Right. But I just, (laughs) I wanted to be as little as possible. And I knew that I just needed to get help. And so I did. And thank God I did, because I had no idea we were about to walk through almost a six year infertility journey and Mm -hmm. losing babies and all that kind of stuff. And like, if it wasn't for therapy, like I, I wouldn't have made it out like I have and our marriage wouldn't be what it is and all of these things. Um, I just can't say enough good things about a good therapist, but um, mm-hmm. I also, did you have any other practical tips that you wanted to share? I yeah, think- I just wanted to, I wanted to circle back to the one thing that you said um, that you don't, you don't know why people react in this way, um, why they react so strongly to this, this idea that they should be, um, you know, embrace these roles. Um, I feel like women, especially nowadays, we're in a constant, like this whole society is in a constant state of fight or flight. Like, and because we're, you know, first of all, in front of screens all day, we're not meant to be living in boxes, eating out of boxes, staring at boxes our entire day. So that's going to put us in a constant state of fight or flight right there. But especially women who have been, you know, mistreated or abused by men in their life, they're going to have this hyper-awareness and they're going to be on the lookout for possible occasions where they could be used or where they could be rejected or abandoned. And there's just this hyper, there's this hyper awareness that it drives you insane. <laughs> it, it really does. It really does drive you to a mental state where you feel like everyone is out to get you. And that's, this is, again, this is a whole other episode, but that that's why I stopped calling myself a quote unquote truther. Like, that's why I don't, you know, I love a good conspiracy theory, but I'm not going to delve into those rabbit holes anymore because it put me in this constant state of fear and it made me view the world in this, in the in a way that I don't want to view the world anymore. And, you know, in order to feel like you can heal your femininity, you have to have that safety first. And that's, that's part of why you need to allow your husband to embrace his masculinity and go hang out with the guys like iron, iron, iron sharpens iron. You know what I mean? Like men need to have good male friends. So don't begrudgingly allow him to go and hang out with his guy friends. Like things, things that will sharpen him as a man are going to be returned to you 10 times over because then it's going to allow you to feel safe enough to embrace that femininity that you're, that you're craving. It's going to give you that, that sense of purpose that, that, you know, Yeah, I totally agree. I would also add to that just from my own personal experience. This is the lesson I had to learn too, is to not keep receipts or like when you said, let him go out with the guys, like my husband's not really a out with the guys kind of guy, but he loves to go fishing when he can. Um, And now that we have, we live in the toddlerhood, so he doesn't get to go as much as he used to. But (laughs) I try to always encourage him to go because you're right. Like it, it's, it's just a way that he can nourish his soul. And I am thankful that he has that outlet or whatever, but I need to let him do that and not be like, okay, well, you went out fishing on this day. So next Saturday I'm going to do X, Y, and Z because I need me time. And like, I'm the kind of person that like, I need alone time sometimes. I really, really do. Like I start to start out of control if I don't get it. Um, (laughs) But 
again, I need to communicate that with my husband so that we can make a plan accordingly. It's not like, um, you know, I'm keeping tabs of how many times you did the dishes or I did the dishes or whatever. And I don't, I just really know people in relationships that work like that. Like they literally are living like roommates in college and not like mm-hmm. a husband and wife um, in a relationship that is where both needs are met equally and there is um, submission and trust and all of that. Cause yeah, I do. It's like, you always hear like hurt people, hurt people. I think hurt women don't trust men. Mm-hmm. And for very valid reason, like I'm, I'm not knocking anybody's trauma or anything. I'm just saying Absolutely like, not. we need to deal with that so that we can move forward and so that we can love our husbands well, because um, sitting in our mess is just not a good look. No, <laughs> it's not serving anybody. <laughs> um, I love what you said. I forgot when you even said this now, but you were talking about shifting your mindset from a place of I have to do this and I'm obligated to this or whatever. And like having just a nasty attitude about taking care of your home and your family and stuff, but thinking about it as I get to serve, like that that's a game changer. Like if we could look at our homes and our, because yeah, it does get super mundane and you're like, how many times have I picked this up or told the kids to do this or whatever? It can all get extremely mundane. And then you wallow in this whole, like nobody even sees the work I do. Yada, yada, yada. It can just spiral out of control. But I think that we need to, um, be very diligent about taking every thought captive to Christ when we're um, feeling like we're traveling down that trail and remember to come from a, a place of gratitude and thankfulness and how can I serve my family? Because in doing in serving our family, we're serving God. Like God gave us this family, right? And so like mm-hmm. it, we just need to steward it well. And I, I'm like sweating because I'm not doing a lot of this well. <laughs> Um, that we're talking about, but I love this conversation because I just think, I just know so many women that, um, can relate to this, um, whether it be like the past trauma part or the, you know, feeling like you're just, you have to do everything. Like you don't have to do everything. Just communicate with your husband. And I think we need to be super, super clear about our expectations of each other and ourselves and make a plan together. Like, it's not you against him. It's you and him against the world. You know, you are literally one, one flesh. You are one, you are one body. Like you, when you got married that it's no longer the two of you, it is one person. Like every part needs to be working here. It is not, (laughs) you hear so often like the whole, Oh, marriage is a 50, 50 deal. No, 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 no. Like marriage is a 110, 110 split. Like when somebody is lacking, there's going to be enough there on the other end to make up for that. And of course, somebody is going to be lacking at some point in time. Like we are human beings. Like marriage is a human institution. It is, <laughs> it is bound to happen, but you got married to the man for a reason. Like it, it, you're not, you're not here to, you know, to belittle him or to make him feel inferior and to, you know, nag him and to make him feel, like you can't, you can't nag a man into, <laughs> into a higher role in, like leadership yeah, yeah yes that was one of the hard lessons I had to learn and I, I couldn't oh, like, <laughs> make decisions for our family and then expect him to do that you know what I'm saying expect him to make those decisions like I don't even know if that's making sense but yeah I just had to get yes. out of his way like keep my mouth shut yeah. and get out of his yeah. way yeah <laughs> 
Yeah, and get out, get out of their way and also pour into them because there's this, there's this beautiful imagery. Um, there was a reel that was going around recently. It was, it was a trend, but it was basically where there was this half full glass of water and it had a ton of dirt in the bottom of it. So this woman began scooping out one by one, like making scoops of water, like trying to take out this dirt at the bottom of it. It was supposed to signify this man with all of these different issues and these like just different vices that she was trying to nag him into, you know, fully, fully um, conquering within himself. But she was taking out of him. She was nagging him. She was constantly picking him apart. But when she took the water pitcher and she started pouring clear water into that cup, it spilled over and this dirt just started washing away out of it. It just, it was this beautiful imagery of like how when we pour love into other people, even people when (laughs) you feel like they don't deserve it within the moment, it's needed. And that's another thing is like men, men need women's nourishment like we are we are so powerful. Like that is one thing that the feminists have right, man, is that women are so freaking powerful and they can change the world. Women can move mountains, but they have to know how to harness that that feminine energy that we are gifted with. Like we we it is a gift to be a woman. Like there is a reason why there's some men out there who are trying to be women because we are freaking awesome. It is amazing to be a woman and to have this power to absolutely change the lives of other people and to pour into other people and to care and to just, you know, we we have a gift that men don't. And it is to nourish people like that. There's a reason why a mother's love cannot be replaced. It is just, it's invaluable. And when you, when you fully embrace that and you harness that, get out of the way. (laughs) Like that is, it is the love of a mother and of a wife is the most, one of the most powerful things on this earth. And that's why, you know, that's why Satan is attacking women so hard as well, because he sees that and he is terrified. He is like, (laughs) he's quaking in his boots when he sees a woman fully embracing that role within her family and her home. It is, it, it's gonna, it's going to rock the depths of hell. <laughs> yeah. I think that's why it's so, um, I guess, common or so easy for us to fall into resentment of that role. Like, I think that's completely his game plan, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying to pour from an empty cup. Like, I, I've been told that my entire life. Oh, you can just pour from an empty cup. No, you can't. <laughs> yeah. Like, put into yourself. Like, really do invest in yourself. Like, there is a reason why I tell my husband, I'm like, I'm going to go take a shower. I'm going to go do these basic things that I need to do. Like you need to, you do need to advocate for yourself sometimes because it is really hard as a mother, especially, especially if you have littles, like been there. I'm still going through it right now. My kids are getting a little bit older, so it is getting easier, but I am just coming out of that season where it is really hard to invest any sort of self-care in yourself, but it is really important. (laughs) It may seem trivial, but it is very important yeah. to I love invest that you in yourself. Said that. When I, I forgot who it was, but somebody else that I follow on Instagram this week was talking about the same thing. And she was like, um, my kids are four and six now. So I just feel like I came up for air and I'm able to do this. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, that is so encouraging to hear. <laughs> because it is. It's not, I mean, the, the stages that we're in right now, it's so much fun. It is so much fun, but it is, it, but I am also kind of tapped out sometimes. And, um, and it is hard to still like pour into my husband and to steward my home well and to do all that. That was actually another question I was going to ask you too, um, when we were talking about the practical tips thing. So what, um, 
what does this look like in your life? Like, I know you run a business from home, which obviously requires time on social media and stuff like that. Um, I know you're an idol because we've gotten to know each other more. But so haven't I'm trying to break. <laughs> Listen, I have been a lifelong night owl and not an early riser. I'm and my husband is complete opposite. Like, oh, yes, <laughs> complete opposite. He does not require the sleep that I do usually. But um, no. anyways, what are like practically what does that look like in your home doing all of these things like running your business, taking care of your children, taking care of your husband and still being able to do all of those things like fix his lunch the next day or whatever, all of those things without feeling overwhelmed or resentful or whatever. Like, do you have a schedule set up or what is that? So I have, (laughs) um, you're, you probably already know this by that, by this point, because that I have ADHD, like you can just hear it. You can hear it in my voice when I'm talking. Like I, I have like very, I'm, I'm very, um, neuro spicy let's put it that way um i do not like (laughs) i do not like schedules i I don't like time (laughs) (laughs) i am one of those i auditioned a long time ago and got in even though i didn't know it um until very recently (laughs) i got a spice girl this is totally a tangent but it's just hilarious when i was six years old my great-grandma got me the spice girls um cassette tape for christmas (laughs) i love it (laughs) okay back to normal talking (laughs) but (laughs) But I, I, I have an almost guttural, disgusted reaction to any sort of schedule. Like I cannot time block for the life of me. And <laughs> I wish you could. I wish I could be that girl. Oh, if you, if I could follow a schedule, I would be unstoppable. Like if, if God gave me the brain to be able to, <laughs> to do that sort of thing. Oh my goodness. But. So anyway, I do not have a like set schedule, but there are a couple of things that I do every day, just the mundane stuff. Like I make sure like the sink is empty when I go to bed. And of course, things are not going to work out every single day. And that's where you need to be able to give yourself grace to be like, I'm a human being. (laughs) And, you know, it is not going to throw my family into a spiral if my if my sink is full of dishes tonight. Um, but things like that, just trying to make my, trying to make my life easier. Um, and it does, it does take work. Like don't shy away from work, first of all, because it, work is sanctifying, man. Like work is, (laughs) I, I am a naturally very laid back person. Um, I'm from a very large family. So like if I see a mess, like it just does not, it doesn't even register with me the way that it would for somebody who came from like a very small sort of tidier family. You know what I mean? Like when you have, well, when there's nine kids in that house, like you, <laughs> you, you overlook messes pretty, yeah. pretty easily. That's um, survival mode. <laughs> yes. And it just, you know, so I, I really had to tap into that, that, um, my, my discipline and my, um, my willingness to work. I really had to find that within myself to be like, yeah, I'm going to be freaking tired at the end of the day. And that's a good thing. Like if I am tired and sore at the end of the day, I did my job. <laughs> um, so there are very basic things that I do every day. Other days for homemaking, like for instance, Tuesdays are grocery shopping day for me because that's what works out the best. Um, and on Thursdays and Fridays, I wash my husband's work clothing so that I can make sure it gets dried over the weekend because he likes it to be hung out on the clothesline outside to dry. Um, 
things like that, just having certain days be dedicated to one thing. Um, and I also run a business on the side. So with my business specifically, I am very intentional and I have, you know, it's a little bit different for me now because my children are at the age where I can say, Hey, mom's working right now and everybody needs to pick a quiet activity and, you know, mommy's going to get down to it. But then once mommy's done, I am all yours. Um, I am very intentional about that. I do not doom scroll. I do not doom scroll on my phone. <laughs> I have very strict time blocks on my phone where I am not able to access any so- sort of social media because ADHD, man, if you have it, you know, you could sit and scroll for hours and yes. that just does not, that doesn't do me any good in my business because I'm in the business of content creation. Like it doesn't do you any good creatively to be scrolling and just consuming. Like it just takes up your energy to create. Um, so I, I would really just, I think it is going to be very person to person and you have to figure out what works for you and allow it to be evolved over time. You don't have to have it be this like once and done decision. Okay. I'm going to write out my entire day's schedule because you're just kind of setting yourself up for failure and you're going to, you know, it's ultimately going to have a negative effect on your outlook towards all of this because of course your kids are going to freaking break something or allow one of your barn cats to run through the house as my, as my one child did five minutes before I hopped on here. <laughs> one of my barn cats went streaking through the house and brought his muddy paws all the way through here right before I got on this and I had to let it go. <laughs> um, so just being being flexible and just looking at your home as not a hindrance to your to your goals and your dreams, but like allowing it to to fuel that. Like my my kids and my husband are the reason why I do anything on the side. <laughs> you know, it is it is I have never been a terribly like career motivated person, but I'm making goals and I'm striving because I want their life to be better better. It's right. not about, it's not about me anymore. Like when I became a mom and I'm sure you know this, when you become a mom, it is not about you anymore. <laughs> yeah. I think too, I love um, something that you said in that too, is realizing uh, like not being as scared of the work, like as far as like in your home or whatever the things you might not love to mm-hmm. do. Um, I think too, if we can think about it like an investment, like I'm investing into my family and my home. Absolutely. I think that that can be can be, I sounded really country when I said that, can be um, a really good mindset uh, swap that we need sometimes is like looking at it like an investment. And yeah, absolutely. The, um, yeah, my kids aren't there yet for the, like if I'm online and needing to get something done, they do not care. So no. I, right now I'm like dancing around the the nap time thing and stuff like that. But um, I do think it's so important that we are intentional with our children. Um especially, mm-hmm. I mean, with our husbands too, like put the phone down and talk to your husband, you know, um, Absolutely. even, I mean, again, like I, people across the board need to hear that regardless of whether you're um, doing a business online or not, like <laughs> the screen, the screen time. I saw something the other day that said like 50% of divorces, it used to be over money. Now it's over Facebook. Isn't that insane? <laughs> it's that's, that's nuts. Like that's, that's awful. So sad. Like put your phone down and talk to your spouse um, because we do all get stuck in that scroll sometimes. And I mean, it's, it's a trap, you know, um, it is a trap and, and there's, there's constant content push out there where, 
There's going to be ideas that put that are put in your head. That's another thing when you're trying to change your mindset towards all of this sort of stuff. You got to be really careful about who you follow on social media, like yes. what what kind of content you are consuming and filling your brain with, because it has especially on women. It has a huge effect on your overall mental health and the way that you view things. It it really does put you into a state of like, well, is this is this the way it's supposed to be? Because this this thing brought out this emotion in me. It made me feel empowered. So maybe this is how it's supposed to be. And you do get really confused. Like I I still I still will get sucked into that portal of like, yeah, like feminism is power. Like I will still get sucked into this, like, because it brings out emotions in us. And you can't deny that as a human that you have emotions, but you know, not every emotion that comes into your brain needs to be allowed into your heart. You know, not every, not every weed that takes root needs to be, you know, needs to spread its roots. If you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I do think um, one of the best books, I don't know if you've ever read Eve in Exile, but it's one of the best books I've ever read about the history of feminism. Um, And it kind of talks about actually two book recommendations I have. One is called Love Thy Body. I cannot remember the author's name. (laughs) Um, But the other one is called Eve in Exile. But both of these books talk about like the history of the feminist uh, movement and the history of the Industrial Revolution and what that did to um, our family unit and what it looks like now. Versus what it did. And what I love about Even Exile is it talks about it not as in a like, oh, those were the glory days. We need to get back to that because that's not true either. Um, Mm -hmm. I just think that both of those books do such a good job of explaining the history of these movements and how it has put us where we are right now as um, women. I feel like you're in your 20s, but in our 20s and 30s, like navigating this whole how to be a wife and a mom and um, a homemaker and sandwich maker and taxi driver, grocery getter, <laughs> like entrepreneur, all of these things. Um, I, they're just such good books. I will, um, I'll link them in the show notes of this episode, but, um, you are the sixth person to recommend even exile to me. So I'm going to have to grab it. I, yeah. You're you the girl. sixth person to recommend this to me. So I'm like, okay, I got to read this. Now. <laughs> There's a, I think you can watch it too. I haven't watched it. Um, if you oh yeah, know. it's an audio book. Yeah, yeah. There's an audio book for it too as well. Yeah, it's definitely. A, it's really, really, really good. Like I, <laughs> I think that every woman in America should read it. When I finished it, this, I made a Facebook post about it. It was like last year sometime. And I was like, I don't care if you're a Christian or not. Every woman in America needs to read this book. Like yes. it is because I do love that. I'm, I guess the nurse part of my brain, like I like to know why. And like, I have a, a million questions about everything. So I love how um, in that book she talks about, you know, facts and not just commentary on feminism, basically. Like it's um, a lot of history and a lot of things that I didn't know that happened in history. So it's really, really good. That's so funny that I'm the sixth one to recommend it. It's probably because of your content online. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) And that's another thing is that when you when you do start this sort of like when you do start an online business and stuff like that, people really do start to start to come out of the woodwork. When you start really sharing your heart and being authentic on social media, like you do find people who have who have, you know, the same 
same goals and same interests and, you know, a lot of the same values. And that's, that's really one of the beauties of social media. I think social media really does get a bad rap because, you know, there is so much toxicity, but there's also so much light there. There is so much edification to find. There's so much good content. There's, there's been friends that I've made on there who have completely changed my mindset on certain issues that has greatly impacted my marriage and my motherhood and just me as a person. So, you know, I feel like people fall to one side of like everybody likes to pick extremes and there doesn't need to be this like there doesn't need to be this. Oh, the, these were the glory days where women, you know, women didn't have careers and they weren't allowed to pursue these things. And then there's the opposite end of the spectrum where they're like, you know, all women should do or pursue careers and screw families and things like that. There needs to be this in between where you can have this beautiful balance. Like I contribute to my my household finances and I'm able to do that. I'm blessed that I'm able to do that and be home with my children while I'm doing that. But, you know, it, it just, there needs to be this balance here where you can support both of these, both of these dreams. You can support, you know, you can have goals and you can go out and you can pursue them. Like I am all for that, but you need to have it in balance. Like it cannot, it cannot trump your family. It cannot, you know, that cannot come before serving your husband. It cannot come before your marriage in any shape or form. So you really do just need to have some kind of balance and that's going to look different for everyone. And that's, that's just the reality of that, that we're living is that, you know, one set of, <laughs> one set of advice for one person is not going to work for the next. And that's just yeah, the reality. It's, it's it. all on a pendulum. Like you're absolutely right. And it, it just swings too far either way, oftentimes on many, many topics. So I do think you, of do, course. you definitely need to be careful about the, who you're listening to online. <laughs> yeah. And everybody goes through different seasons as well. It's, it's, you know, like one season of motherhood is going to look totally different from the next. Like I remember when both my kids were under three years old and I couldn't get like five minutes for a shower, like, oh, but yeah. that season will pass. <laughs> <laughs> like you're in it right now where you're, where yeah, you're feeling feel, that toddlerhood. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I still don't pee by myself, but it's like, that's just the reality. <laughs> you never pee alone again. Be. That, yeah, it's so funny. You know, I told you, like, my kids won't sit down and watch anything. Yesterday, I'm not lying, they miraculously sat down for 30 minutes and watched something. And I was like, look, look at you. Look at me being a liar because they have it in <laughs> six months. I don't know what's going on. But anyway, well, this was so much fun. But we do have to end this. I don't know if I know. Want to listen to a two hour podcast. So, <laughs> we're gonna wrap this up. but thank you so much for doing this, Olivia. I'm going to also link your Instagram and everything in the show notes so people can go give you a follow. Um, yeah, her stories are so good, y'all. I'm telling you. Always <laughs> worth it. I, oh, you're like one of the few people that I always watch all your stories. Um, Honored. <laughs> seriously, I just think I'm giving you all the clapping emojis because I just think you do such a good job. Um, and yeah, we have so many more topics we're going to talk about later, but we're going to do this more. Uh, I'm so excited. I hope that y'all were encouraged by this and maybe proud to um, think about some things in your own life and examine them. And I pray that you'll come back next week to listen to the next episode. Y'all have a good day.